Welcome to season two of the One and Done podcast, where we are dedicated to making young people successful in business early in life. We're recording today from the Rollo Insurance Studio in College Station, Texas. Let's get it started. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the One and Done podcast. We're very excited to have uh, two guests on the show today, Colin McCloskey and Adi Bupalam, co-founders of Terra Golf. Uh, and even though they attend the University of Texas, we're excited to have them on the show today. Welcome, guys. What's hey, up? Jackson. Stoked to be here. All right, guys. So um, tell me a little bit about Terra Golf. Tell me kind of the vision. How did it start? And uh, then we'll get more into the details here in just a minute. Yeah. So I'll kick it off and then hand it over to Addy real quick. So it actually all started with a case competition back in our sophomore year of college. Uh, we went to this case competition. It was put on through the city of Austin. And essentially, local manufacturers came to like a group of entrepreneurs and they were like, hey, we have this manufacturing waste that we need y'all to use and get rid of so we don't have to pay to put it in landfills, essentially. So they were like, we'll give you our waste for free if you can find a way to use it and sell it as a product. And so we went through this two-month-long case competition, really hashing out an idea, developing it with a mentor, figuring out the business plan. And then we ended up winning the competition. And with that, we got $10,000 of funding from the city of Austin. That was actually with a completely different idea. That was with, we were making helmets out of recycled material at the time. Um, and once we got- Like football helmets? Ideas, like, yeah, like, like safety helmets. So like for electric scooters around the city, cause there's so many of them, we were like, we'll make helmets for our friends, you know, whenever it's nighttime on the weekends, it'd be nice to have a helmet right there with you. <laughs> Interesting. So we, yeah, went, like, we went with that idea. Yeah, it was just more for a safety thing. We kind of moved on to like, we started to realize that there were problems associated with that, like in terms of just like making sure that the material was right, you know, meeting up to standards, because there are so many standards um, for making sure that the helmet's actually safe. And then we kind of just like started looking for other problems, you know, and then we, we kind of realized that it wasn't as feasible with the materials we got. And so we were, we were thinking of new problems. Um, and then we kind of just were golfing one day. Um, and then I realized that, you know, we were snapping wooden tees left and right. You know, I, I started digging into it more, you know, how, how many trees do we actually cut into that? And so we actually found out there was, 300,000 trees cut down every year just for wooden golf tees and for them to like barely last. And we did have this supply of waste. And so we were trying to figure out how can we use that? And so we figured, you know, why not just turn them into golf tees and that could be somewhere where we can start. So tell yeah. me, tell me, you know, y'all said, you know, waste that y'all had, what, what exactly did y'all have and uh, who has the background to be able to take something that you're about to mention, whatever that is, and turn that into a golf tee? Yeah, so I can I can talk a little bit about at the original pitch competition, there were five types of waste pitched to us. We ended up choosing like to use three of them. I can give you a quick background. So one of them was like a rubbery PVC and they were like Travis County jail slippers and they had to get rid of the slippers. So that was one of the sources of PVC. There was another source of PVC that was like a vinyl from vinyl records. So it was rigid. Um, and then there were also textiles, just various textiles from cloths to towels to whatever. 
And so those, those were the three that we were planning on using. In terms of the expertise, Addy, you want to take that over? He's our materials for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At, at the time, we kind of just had an idea, but we didn't really have as much knowledge. You know, was it safe to rework those materials? Was it actually going to be able to hold up? You know, can it withstand an impact? And so we, I mean, we had a lot of mentors and help along the way. You know, we did a lot of testing and we found that actually the slippers itself in the Travis County jails had cancer causing materials in it. And it was actually like a banned chemical within the plastics. And so like, we couldn't even use it, you know, that's where like sort of the problem started to come on. Like, you know, how can we actually make this happen? And then the PVC itself, you know, at one point we were like, let's just melt it and figure it out. You know, that's probably not the best course of action, <laughs> but you know, just throw it into an oven, plastic in the oven. That really wasn't really the best course of action. And so like, you know, our, our, help, our mentors helped us out a lot. You know, we still work with creative reuse. The plastics, we actually moved over to a different type of plastic. We found other sources of waste. Um, and that's where we're making our teas out of right now. Interesting. So before we get into a little more detail on Terra Golf and kind of how it eventually started and where you guys are at now, uh, back up a little bit. Tell me, I want, I want to give everyone here a background on you guys. Where'd y'all grow up? Where'd you go to school? Uh, what are you studying currently? And kind of everything that led up until now. Gotcha. I'll, I'll go first. So I grew up in the suburbs of DFW, the DFW Metroplex. Um, went to high school kind of like on a more STEM focused track, ended up going to college, studying biomedical engineering. My parents kind of made sure I chose STEM when I graduated. So, um, so yeah, I, I study biomedical engineering now. I'm a senior and I've always been kind of math and science dominant, uh, you know, as the years have progressed, especially the last couple of years, I've leaned more onto the business side of things. Yeah, I mean, I'm from New Jersey, so I grew up in the suburbs of Jersey. Honestly, I don't really know how I ended up in Texas. I kind of just applied everywhere and just fell in love with the great weather once I came and visited. But yeah, I mean, I was always just pushed to do study engineering, learn, you know, go into STEM, and I kind of never really had any direction. I was just learning things and trying to see what I enjoyed the most. And, you know, by sophomore year, I realized, you know, I really want to go into business. I really just want to build things and innovate. That's what got me to here. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You can tell he's not from Texas whenever he says the great weather of Texas, right? <laughs> <laughs> but especially this last week, it's been like freezing cold, and then hot, and then freezing cold again. So I don't know what's going on. But um, no, that, that makes a lot of sense on y'all's backgrounds and how y'all work together. Um, tell, tell everyone a little bit about that. How did you guys end up working together on that project? And then how did that turn into... Uh, Terra Golf, and where are we at today with Terra Golf? Let's get there as well. Yeah, it was crazy how this ended up happening. It was me. <laughs> I texted Addy just like literally the day of like this pitch competition, the day, like the first day it was going to start. I texted Addy and one of my other buddies, and I was like, "Yo, guys, this looks cool. Let's go check it out." And like an hour before the thing started, we were like, "Okay, we're actually going to do it." Um, so I had met Addy like previously, probably that year. So maybe end of freshman year or beginning of sophomore year, because we're in the same major, we had the same mutual friends. Um, and we just kind of clicked after that. It was clear that we had similar interests. Uh, Addy, what do you think about when we met? 
Yeah, honestly, I think we met in class our freshman year um, and kind of just like hung around here and there. But I mean, we really started to like get close and actually like work to our values, you know, that sophomore year and through that competition. And honestly, it was a lot of fun. Like, you know, even at that competition, we, we visited and there was like no students. It was all adults. We were like thinking about just like leaving, but just like we had that force of forced to push us to actually go and we actually sat in the second row uh just so that we we wouldn't leave you know really we just went on a whim and just see what happens and things just happen yeah and you know it's super interesting too because you guys both being in school still are y'all y'all are you know, unique to that event but you're also unique in life and the fact that you already have a company it's already doing well you're still in school um, you're kind of building a job for yourself. You know, I heard a quote like that one time that most people go to school to get a job. Some people go to school and they build a job while they're there. And that's what you guys are doing. And I love that. So tell me, tell me, you know, you're, you're maybe melting plastic in an oven. You're trying to figure out what's going on. You found the right kind of plastic. How did y'all get to to where we are today with Terra Golf? Introduce everyone to where, where we are today and uh, kind of what y'all's vision is for the future. Woo. Yeah, it's a loaded question, but I love it. Um, it took a lot. Like, so let's say we started this sophomore year, right? And now we're seniors. So let's just say it's been a two year journey to make it super easy. So many different pivots and changes since then. So many different problems and, you know, people we reached out to, to solve it and eventually get to where we are now, which is where we found like a new source of plastic material that works really well for our golf tees to where they're pretty much the best performing on the market. They don't snap. They're like the most valuable in terms of like the number of hits you get off of it versus how much you pay, um, all that stuff. We found the right material for it. Took a lot of hunting. There it is. Um, so the tees are right where we want them. And now we're kind of looking around to see how can we best provide like that sense of prestige almost associated with the product and that's going to come in with the tea pouches that we sell our golf tees in. And obviously those tea pouches are made of upside gold, uh, textile material, high quality again. Uh, and that's kind of where we're, we're hoping to get that. Addy, anything on like that or the future? Yeah. I mean, so right now it's just getting our name out there. Um, people need to know who we are and they actually just need to have our product in their hands can feel like what it's like to actually use it. That is kind of where we are right now, is creating that brand equity and our name and who we are. But for the future, I think Colin kind of mentioned is like, how do we create that gold standard for what is, you know, recycling in the game of golf? And that's what we kind of want to be. Uh, whether that be, you know, the golf course itself, the equipment, the golf carts, everything. Um, how can we change the way we think about golf? So do you guys have a background in golf? Because obviously, you know, having this niche product, right, that's focused around one sport, y'all must have some love for the game or some one of you must in order for you to, you know, have this idea and bring it into golf. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I've always been about competition and sport. You know, I just love playing sports. And during the COVID time, there was just not really many sports that you could play. And I was just like, you know, I need some competition. I need some form of way to like compete. Um, and I think golf was the best way for me to like compete with people. And I just 
I really started liking it a lot, and I started playing more. Um, and it was just a lot of fun, and I, I just realized that there were so many problems that could be fixed. So that is what really got us into golf and, you know, this type of business. Yeah, I will admit I had gone to a driving range like twice before we started <laughs> working on this golf idea. Um, and since then, you know, I've been out golfing and it's growing on me. Uh, a lot of the people we interact with now are very associated with the game of golf, um, including there's a love for the sport. So, but Addy was the real kind of introduction. Initiation. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell me about Terra Golf right now. Are you guys selling on online? Or are y'all are y'all still finalizing the product? Where are you guys at in this process? Yeah, we're selling online um, and really trying to grow our online presence because I think that's like where everything is moving towards. You know, e-commerce is growing like every year, um, and honestly, it's just more convenient. You know, to be able to order and it just comes to you. You don't even have to go to the store. But we're working on different ways to get whether that be the pro shops, that that's a huge market that we think we can enter into is getting into the pro shops. But yeah, right now, the main focus is just online presence and brand equity. So building our brand through online. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, so I got a good feel for Terra Golf, right? You guys are in the e-commerce space. You are trying to solve an, uh, a, you know, a problem out there as well as fill in a uh, niche industry that maybe no one else is in right now. Let's talk a little more about you guys individually. So the first question I guess I have is what what makes you the kind of people that start a business in college? Um, what characteristics, what, you know, in your upbringing made you just say, hey, this is not only a problem out there, but I'm going to wait till after I graduate to fix it. Y'all decided as sophomores, hey, let's start a business and add a lot more stress and work into our life already. Right. As as uh, engineers you already have enough of that. What made y'all do that? Yeah, for me, I'd say it's a couple things. Number one, I've just been a pretty competitive person growing up and I just love like a challenge. <laughs> and then going along with that is I think I just love to take advantage of opportunities, especially freshman and sophomore year of college. I was doing everything, trying everything and just failing like 50 times a week. Now I have to choose my opportunities more carefully, but then it was like, Take advantage of every single opportunity that comes your way just to see what you like. You got to try it out, right? And see what you like and where you want to go in life. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to really just experiment, not really be able to like, like, I just don't want to listen to other people. I just want to like go in and try stuff out. And, you know, a lot of people told me like, dude, you need the experience. You need like, you need to learn. But I mean, I think I'm gaining just as much experience by just trying things out on my own. And I honestly think it's a lot more fun just making mistakes. You're going to make mistakes even when we go into industry. So, like, why not just start now, you know, instead of having to make the mistakes when I'm older and want to start a business, I can just make the mistakes now and learn from it. And I'll still be 10 years ahead. You know? Absolutely. Um, what is what is the hardest thing you guys have found as students to overcome being business owners now? What What's been the hardest thing you've had to overcome? not knowing anything about the real world. So <laughs> to give some context on that, in engineering, I mean, we solve problems and we do the math and we design these, we design models and stuff, but then you go to like actually apply, like to actually make something physical in the real world. And it's just completely different. You know, there's so many pieces to everything you do that's really not 
like you're not aware of that in your classes. You just turn in the assignment for a grade. Um, that that was the biggest change for me. Yeah, challenge wise, honestly, it's just like growing pains in a in a business setting. I don't know how to say that. Because, you know, you, you get problems and you have to figure out a solution then and there. You kind of just like in an abyss. I feel like in class, you know, you're given like a theoretical problem and, you know, you can rely on your teacher to figure it out. But, you know, in business, you don't necessarily just have a teacher. You just have to find a solution, make it work. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I, I would say, you know, yeah. one other thing, too, is the fact that when you're in college, right, it's a theoretical problem with very little back, you know, background. And the other thing is there's they're they're looking for one answer, right? It's still very subjective at the end of the day as to what mm-hmm. is the outcome they're looking for. But in business, I feel like the hardest decision is not necessarily which direction what or what decision do you make, but which direction are you going? Because that's gonna really impact the decisions you make. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Has that been a challenge in just changing the way you think, Colin? I think you mentioned that a while ago, but has that been a challenge in kind of what you're traditionally taught in in a classroom setting versus what you guys have experienced in the business world? Absolutely. I'd say I encounter more 50-50 decisions like in the past six months than I have in like my entire life, where it's just you're looking at a decision and you have no way to figure out what the answer is. So you just got to go try it. If it doesn't work, try the other one. And yeah, it's just completely different than what we're taught in school. Yeah. Like one big problem that we have with the repositioning is like, how many teas do we want in each pack? And like, what is the best one? You know, do we sell it in 10, 20, 30, or do we sell it in 15, 25, 35? Um, and you kind of just don't know the answer. And the best way you can tell is just trying it out and then failing and then trying it again. Um, I feel like in class, you're taught to be perfect and you know you have to get it right um, on the test, but things just don't work like that. You have to fail, you have to learn from it, and you have to like reiterate and make things again and again. Absolutely, so you know, this podcast is focused towards college students, right? Not, not you guys, because y'all obviously have a clear vision for what y'all are doing, um, <laughs> but college students who don't really know what they want to do. What would you tell them as current students now, maybe uh, as a sophomore or freshman, to, to get involved with and to get some real world experience to hopefully help out uh, building their resume and their you know career readiness once they graduate? How important is that? Huge. Taking a look at the opportunities and snagging them. You know, if you think it's even like got a chance of being cool, go try it out, see what happens. I'd say in terms of like, you know, getting some of those opportunities in front of you, joining organizations, competing in competitions, and honestly just meeting people, talking to people, asking them what they do. And if it's something that interests you, see if you can like, hey, man, let me go with you on Saturday to the golf course, you know, something like that. Just try to get your foot in the door, really kind of exploring what you like to do. Yeah, like, I mean... I think it's just taking risks, you know, just jump into it and then figure it out later because you'll never know. Like you'll always try to think about what can I do to make it like perfect. But I think it's just you just jump in, figure it out. You're never going to have a full like it completely lined out for you. So you just got to like go in like the number of people that I've emailed and, you know, like I have just sent out cold emails and hope for the best, see what happens. But really just getting your name out there and just doing it. Yeah. You know, as, as a, a person who in my career now has the ability to hire and fire, um, one of the biggest things that I tell college students all the time is 
resume building is is fine maybe for certain jobs and for certain things you're looking to do you know i, I know it was super important to me whenever law school was seemed to be my career path i was going to take had to have the the you know great resume resume to really get into school uh, but when you're getting into the into the career force into the workforce I think one of the most important things is experience. And so, you know, one thing I would commend you guys on is the fact that y'all are not only putting a something you are a part of or an organization, but you're putting experience on your resume. You know, I tell people all the time, I would hire somebody who has an insurance license and a book of business uh, faster than I would ever hire a kid from Harvard. And it has nothing to do with the school or the university or the degree that they got. It's, it has to do with experience. One has experience and is proven and the other one isn't. And so I think that that's, that's awesome. Um, as we kind of conclude today, you, y'all talk to the listeners, y'all are in college, you know, I, I'm young enough. I'm just recently graduated. So hopefully they listen to me, but I, I know that they will listen to you guys being that y'all are still in school. Tell them for just a couple of minutes, how important it is to build real world experience and put that on their resume and to have that to take into a job. That's why, that's why I came to college. I came to college to get a job. You know, there's no point in waiting until you graduate college to get, then go get a job. If you can get the experience or any kind of anything like that before you graduate, there's no problem with that. And then one more thing I wanted to add is that it seems like a lot of kids in college, a lot of students know how to work hard, but we can get lost often in what we're working hard at. And so it's very important to know what you want to do and work hard at getting to that. So if it's working hard to get experience, maybe you have to take a hit on the GPA and you just really study, study, study for your interviews that you have coming up. Um, so it's important to know what you're working hard in. Yeah, I mean, to add to that, I think it's also to like really figure out what you love. You need to do it and you know, live in the day in, day out of doing that. If you, even if you do something and you don't like it, that's fine. Like that, me and Colin, we both did internships every single year since we were freshmen. And we kind of just like checklisted off everything we didn't really like about working corporate or what we were doing. And that kind of showed me, gave me at least a little bit of direction, at least not that area or not this area. It's just, I think to figure out what you really like, you need to do a bunch of different things and not just focus on just your major. It's like opening your mind to everything, everything and trying it all out. So it seems like to me, when I graduate college and my friends graduate college, like the career path that's set up is most often corporate or consulting or finance or something very like industry-based, but you seem to have more of a non-traditional career path. How did you kind of get to where you are now? Yeah, you know, uh, my, my path is going to be a lot different than most people. Um, I, being the fact that I, uh, you know, my parents owned a business, uh, something that I grew up around from the time I was little, uh, but really nothing I ever wanted to be a part of. Just to be real honest with you, I never wanted to be in the insurance business, didn't really understand what it was. Uh, but when I graduated school and I um, graduated a little early, and uh, wasn't ready for law school just right then because of some of the paperwork and the way law school uh, enrollment works. Uh, I, had to, I had to find a job, really is what it came down to. And uh, I got lucky that my job turned into a career. A lot of times I think people take a couple of jobs and then it turns into a career. Um, but I got lucky in the fact that I fell into what I do now, the non-traditional route that you mentioned. Uh, the reason that I think so many people go the corporate route is because, A, it pays the best from day one, right? Um, that's very attractive. 
And the second reason is because there's more corporate jobs than there are what you call non-traditional uh, paths. And so it's going to be easier for people to fall into, into, into that way of thinking. But what I would tell you is that's kind of why I created the one and done podcast is because I think whenever people are able to hear about entrepreneurship, e-commerce, wealth management, banking, they're able to hear about something that sounds more impactful. Kind of what Adi mentioned earlier about how you have to love what you do. They're able to hear about all these industries and hopefully they're able to fall in love with one just from how it sounds. Then they're able to get involved in internships. They're able to develop uh, really a working uh, resume and uh, experience through that process. And then they're able to kind of be more successful than I was whenever I graduated. Uh, not everyone has a family business to fall back on and, and less people probably have a family business that they actually would love to get involved with. But what I think people can do is they can do what you guys have done, which is prepare themselves through experience, uh, never be afraid to take those opportunities, and then to develop mentors. Um, one of the great things I love about the podcast is we have an ambassador program, and that amb ambassador program allows people on college campuses to really get to know what it's like to work with a mentor in any industry that they're interested in. And so they're able to listen and, and, and hear from and maybe even work with some of the great speakers that we've had on the show and to really get a mentor who is not only a mentor for that industry, but a mentor in, in business, because you're able to take someone who's been a little bit more successful than you are. They're just a couple of steps ahead and they can help you miss some of the potholes in the road, maybe that you would have to run over if you were doing it by yourself. So mentorship and then also preparation. Those are the two biggest thing I think that will help anybody in y'all's position as a college student uh, just find that faster rhythm whenever they graduate. That was really well said. That makes sense to me. It's just always so bizarre. I meet these people, like there's random people, and they're doing some totally odd-off job that college would have never prepared me for. Um, and it seems like everyone's got a different path to get there, but what you said makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, you know, one other thing I'd say is, is you have to do it a little bit different, right? I mentioned that there's so many corporate jobs out there, but there's not a lot of entrepreneurs of a, you know, green golf company. There's not a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, period, out there. You have to be a little different than everyone else. Um, quote that I read recently says that uh, to be an entrepreneur, to make yourself more successful, you have to live like others aren't willing to live for a few years so you can uh, live like others can't live. Uh, and I really like that because I think that's what it takes. It takes hard work, dedication, and a little bit of sacrifice, which Obviously, you guys are doing it, Tara Golf, and y'all will be able to do long into the future. So, uh, Adi, Colin, wish y'all nothing but the best. Thank y'all for joining the One and Done podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It was a blast. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Be sure to rate our podcast and leave a review. Also, make sure to check us out on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at One and Done Podcast.